I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and we're back at it with another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today we have mom's coach extraordinaire, right? Um, and I know people think, well, you know, what does a mom coach do? Well, this mom coach not just helps you out with being a mom, but she also helps you get your body confidence back and get everything in order. So today I have with me Miss Kelsey Kaminsky, or is that Mrs. Kelsey? It is Mrs. There is a lucky mister hanging out with the babies right now. (laughs) Okay, so that should be the first question for moms. Moms, how how do moms actually get the mister to help out with the babies? I, it comes with a good dose of sass and attitude. I will say that (laughs) I, you know, I grew up with a very, a very dedicated dad. And that was, that was kind of one of my prerequisites for my husband, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot of asking. Sometimes he's, he's a busy guy. He works, he works out of the home and we've got two kids that keep us super busy at three and a half and six months. And it takes a lot of reminders every once in a while. And I've, I always tell every mom that I work with, that's one thing you've got to do is it takes reminders. You need reminders for yourself. You can't do it all. And so sometimes it takes the mister, a lot of reminders too, of, Hey, I really do need help doing this. I can't do it by myself. So here you go. (laughs) I I like the way you said that it's uh, reminders. I think, um, you know, I, my ex-wife and now, you know, the person that I'm with now, uh, I think both of them have uh, complained, oh, I got to remind you a ton of times and I don't have to remind you to do other things. And it's like, yes, because I want to do those things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's sticky notes everywhere across our house. There's, we write everything down. We have Google calendars we share with each other because there is a lot going on and right. you can't get the help you both need if you're not willing to ask for it. Right. Um, okay, so then how do you recommend that moms go about asking for that help? Honesty, sheer honesty. I won't even lie. There's a lot of times that we both get to the point of tears telling each other what we need exactly to make things happen. But the way to make it happen is to just say, this is what I need. This is why I need it. And you have to come at it from a place of kindness too, because when you're reminding your person, your partner that you need that help, it's not always because they don't want to, or they're forgetting. It's sometimes just that you got a lot going on. You have a lot going on. They have a lot going on. And so when you're coming at them with that reminder and you need to ask for help, it's not because they don't want to, it's just, it's life. And when you're willing to just be open and say, this is how we need to do it. And this is how it needs to work for now then I think that everyone can approach it more openly and honestly with each other. Dope, dope. Okay. So let's get to it with your clients, right? Yeah. What what types of things do you help moms with, right? What what types of coaching do moms really need? Is it, you know, first parent blues where there's a rash and they're ready to freak out? Or is it more in depth in terms of, you know, scheduling and, and helping moms be efficient? Yeah. So I actually have really a four-step process that I go through with all new moms. And I apply this to the two programs. Program one is you are, you're a mom, you're either a first-time mom, maybe it's been a while, or maybe you just kind of feel like you need that extra support this time. And then I really focus on the other mom, that mom who feels like she's got motherhood figured out, but she hasn't figured out herself yet. But when I'm working with them, there's always four steps. And that first step is really identifying your barriers. So we're going to walk through what's stopping you, what feels hard, what makes you feel like you don't know how to do this today. And once you kind of master that with me, you're going to move on and we're going to really set those boundaries. Because if you can't create boundaries, then you're not going to be able to continue on taking care of your baby. Because most of those moms are feeling super frustrated, especially in the beginning. Like you said, that rash comes up and they're like, I've never seen this before. What am I going to do? I have two nurses in the family. So I've got a lot of experience asking those questions and I've seen it all at this point. I've helped moms see it all and work through it all. So once we set those boundaries, we create your routines together because you really have to break through those barriers before you can set solid routines that feel good for you as a mom and for your baby. Because babies are not cookie cutter. They have so many different needs and every single mom and baby is different too. 
Okay. All right. So now I have a, uh, what I think may be a unique question for you, right? If it's not so unique, let me know. Um, I've heard of mom coaches, right? And I think what you do is definitely needed, but I've never heard about a dad coach, right? Have you I tell heard- my husband, he's got to do it all the time <laughs> because dads need that too, right? Dads right. feel super overwhelmed. And if anything, I think I think dads, dads get it a little bit harder because they're supposed to completely separate everything. They're supposed to be work family and they're not supposed to have that mix where it's almost expected that moms have that mix and that they understand how to balance it all. Whereas dads, I think, are forced to separate and really compartmentalize the two and not let them ever mix together sort of a thing. And dads need just as much support. Right. So if there are any men listening out there and you're thinking about, you know, hiring a mom coach, go ahead and hire Kelsey because <laughs> what you just heard was compassion for your condition. <laughs> right. Yep. And if I have questions, I promise I'll ask my own husband because he's really, I don't know, maybe I've taught him well, or maybe he's just inherently good at it. <laughs> no, I, I think um some men just are inherently good at it. Right. Like uh, my best friend just had his first kid. And all of the things that I saw him do, I was like, dude, there was no in hell. And I'm, I'm on number four. He's on one. And he's like, yeah, I got to put up this. I got to do this. The bonnet needs to get put up. And then she needs this. I got to make sure I have the gripe water. And I was like, bro, I'm proud of you. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. And I think too, it's the, the more kids you have, the more you forget about things too. It's like, you are so ready for that first one. And then you get to the second or the third or the fourth. And you're like, yeah, you're fine. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, right. You're the, <laughs> ask the other kid. The other kid will take care of you. Been through this. Okay, so question. What has been your biggest challenge in developing this business as a mom coach? That is, that is time for sure, because I, I I work from home, right? This, this is my office and right next to me is our playroom and that's where the kids are. And so I think that as a mom, you really want to put your full time and attention into your kids, especially when you're home with them all day. Right. But when you're developing a business, you've got two passions and you are really, you're stretched thin between the two and you're always choosing really you're choosing which baby is it the human babies you want to pay attention to or is it this business baby that you want to pay attention to right, and i think right. that, that that goes for any mom especially any working mom is really deciding where does my time go and where is the importance and how do i really decide what is more important in that moment well i mean the the business baby focuses on the babies too and that we were just talking to you know a, one of my clients about this where business is really just about supporting a community, right? And I think that's why your business works so well, because you are very specific on the community that you're supporting. Um, but you're right, right? Like, how do you balance out, you know, the, the, the importance and the value of, you know, my actual child versus the good that I can do, you know, in the lives of all of these people? And sometimes I think that is the uh, the thing that we were talking about earlier, where uh, a lot of men feel like they have to separate it. Um, I think that's just the world that we live in today. But in all honesty, you know, it's one and the same. And I think every business owner that has a family is met with the same challenge. So I, I think the fact that you break it down that poignantly is the playroom's right over there, right? <laughs> I'm going to make time for this podcast right now, but the playroom's there. And I, I know your mom signals on, right? You're probably listening and like, what are you doing in there? It's really when it's too quiet. That's when I've got to go. Right. Okay. So how, how, how have you worked out pricing? Cause I know that's usually one that's really difficult um, yeah. for coaches, for business owners, uh, for business owners of any type, right? Like uh, all of us start out and we really feel uncomfortable charging, right? So you may get on the phone with someone and you hear them say, oh, well, you know, it's a $3,000 package, a $20,000 package. The amount of confidence that they've had to work up to just tell you that number. So how how did you work out pricing? Was there any 
anxiety around that or how did you do it? Yeah, absolutely. I actually am lucky enough to have an amazing business coach and she is, she pretty, she pretty much tells me I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it now. So I've gotten lucky that it's, it's almost been forced confidence, right? Is I have someone in my corner kind of telling me this is what you got to do, which I always find ironic because that's exactly what I am for a mom is I'm in your corner telling you, you've got this and this is what you're going to do. Right. And so really picking out that pricing and deciding that pricing, it's, it started with really my health and fitness coaching because I, I based it on, all right, what is a gym standard? Like, what are you going to pay in a gym for this type of access? Right. And then I look at, I'm, I'm giving you this much more. You know, it's not just personal training, right? I'm going to hand you a customized personal workout for every day of the week for you. And you can do that in your gym. You can do that in your home and whatever, but I'm also going to give you more on top of that. So if you're going to pay a personal trainer, what, 50 to a hundred dollars, then that's for a half hour session. So then you can think of, I'm giving you this much more and this and this. So where does, where is the value? But also I don't just want it that dollar point value. I want you to be able to feel in your core that this is worth every single ounce of that money because I'm getting what I need to make the changes. And that's kind of how I came to my mom coaching pricing too, is it just came to, what what would I pay? What would I have paid four years ago to know I had someone hundred percent on my side that, I mean, my clients can send me a message at 2 a.m. I might not see it at 2 a.m., but if I'm up with the baby, I will see it. And if I see it, then I will respond to them. So they really have that unlimited access to me. And that's what a mom needs too. I think that that is really important and just the level of access that you were talking about. And even your your pricing methodology, right, is by comparison, right? Or what would you pay for it? Uh, I know I do the same thing for myself, right? Is um, I do add one thing. I always ask the client, I ask them to imagine the cost of not getting the service now, right? Like, so what is the cost of continued continuing down the path that you were were going down? So hypothetically, if you have a business that's only making a thousand dollars in sales and your goal is ten thousand dollars, and you know we have a goal to get get to that by X date, the cost is not getting to that ten thousand dollar number. It's, right. Right. So sometimes in business or just in life, right. Um, And yeah, we just got to say that in life in general, not spending, let's say $3,000 can cost you $9,000 consecutively. Yeah, exactly. So it's really just that, that comparison. And a lot of times I think we get offended by people's pricing and all of those things. Nobody's trying to tell you a number to offend you. They're just trying to tell you a number that perfectly cap encapsulates the work that they feel like they did and i don't think majority of people are trying to get over on people either i think that's the fear when we talk to a lot of coaches when they're talking to you know possible clients it's like oh well no no way this could be worth that much um but i think people forget they forget that um the reason that we we get things priced reasonably is because corporations have access to resources where they can give you things extremely cheaply so Mm -hmm. um when you're working with one-on-one you have that somebody's able to call you at two o'clock in the morning yep yeah you should (laughs) your access is so different and an investment should be scary if you're investing in yourself and what you need it should be a little bit scary and it should take you a minute to say wow that this is what i'm going to pay but this is this is why it's worth it to me so you just told me something that I'm going to take with me in my business because I didn't <laughs> use that one. Right. An investment should be scary. Right. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Like if it's not all of that scary, it's probably not going to pay out enough to impact your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but a good investment will change the way you live for the better. Yeah. I investing in my, my first business coach was the scariest thing I ever did. I, I'm a high school teacher turned to business owner and taking that step and paying money to someone to kind of help me do what I knew I wanted to do. That was scary, but it's paying off. (laughs) Okay. So now, now we're going to change the the perspective (laughs) that we talked about this from high school business teacher or high school teacher, right? 
public yep. high school teacher or charter school public teacher? high school teacher six so, years <laughs> right so we have an an idea of how much you may have made right? <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and now okay if you don't mind what was the investment for that first business coach she was it was three thousand dollars for four months of work with her that's not that bad. It's very affordable. She has since raised her prices significantly. <laughs> right. And and okay, that, that's another part of it, right? Imagine if you waited and you're like, I need it now because I can't stand these kids. They're horrible. You're ready to break up with yourself and pull your hair out. And you go back and you're like, oh, now it's $10,000. And yep. you're sitting there like, how am I going to get this? Yep. Right. And and the bottom line up front is that you were worth the three thousand dollars. You're worth the ten thousand. It's up to you to decide that. And yeah. if you're a coach of any variety and you're listening to this and you're sitting there thinking, man, how, how do I charge this price? You just do. Yeah. Right? Your services are worth it. Your knowledge is something that someone wants to pay for because that's where they're lacking it. And maybe it's not even that they're lacking it. They're lacking the confidence to know what they're truly capable of. That's your job as a coach. You are your, their mentor, their teacher. You pull that out of them. Right. All right. So then what has been your biggest business challenge after getting started? So you're transitioning, you're going from high school teacher to, was this into the fitness coaching or mom coaching directly? (laughs) I went into fitness coaching first. So I did, I quit teaching when I was right when my son was born. So about almost four years ago now, I left teaching. It'll be four years in March. And I took about a year and a half and I just, I just took in all the time with him. I was very fortunate. We were very fortunate that I just got to stay home and love up on him and be his mom for a whole 18 months. And then I decided I wanted to do more, right? I am, I'm a teacher to my core and that's what I needed to do. And so I'm also lucky that the business coach is a family member. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take this step with her and I'm going to start fitness coaching for moms postpartum. So it's always been about moms for me. And I've only ever fitness coached a postpartum mom really working on how is she going to make up time for herself? How is she going to schedule those workouts? And how do you really work out when your body is completely different than it was just a few months ago? <laughs> Listen, so when I became a personal trainer, my very first client was a six week postpartum mom, right? So first time anybody's ever heard me say this, but it was really scary for me as a personal trainer, because <laughs> that's a very specific type of client, right? Yes. Um, We get in the session and uh, you know, halfway through she's running around the track. It was some incontinence and I was sitting there and, you know, obviously as the, the, the person leading the session in that space, right. You're the personal trainer. Now you have this opportunity. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go hardcore. Right. Like (laughs) who cares? It never happened. I didn't say anything. I didn't acknowledge it. I did not give a shit that it happened. (laughs) squats let's go right (laughs) if she didn't say to me that she needed to stop we were not gonna do a single thing right and we just kept it running she got finished with the session that was it right a couple of weeks later her husband talked to me he's like hey man it was really cool what you did she really appreciated that that was a really big deal for her um so I tell that story to say I, I I understand what you mean when it's about when you say it's about helping people with the confidence right because the fact that i just was like i don't give a fuck what happened mm-hmm. we're doing this that really and i know this sounds crazy to everybody listening right because that happened though it it was able to positively impact my client and i don't give a fuck what anybody thinks that's what i cared about And that was like, that was it for me. I was convinced that what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was help people because (laughs) that, that it meant the world to her. And because it meant the world to her, it meant the world to me. 
Yeah, right? because so, if you had made a big deal, she she may have never worked out again. <laughs> right. And I, I really didn't get what the big deal was. The kid was going <laughs> to pee on you when you got home anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so then you focused on postpartum moms, yeah. right? And that must be really heavy in of itself, right? Because you're not just talking, you know, the condition that your body's in postpartum, but just also your mind state. So how often is it that you may deal with a mom that has postpartum depression? And how do you help assist with that? Yeah, it is always, that's always something too, that I, I have been fortunate to never personally struggle, struggle with postpartum depression, but I've definitely encountered a lot of postpartum anxiety. And so I think that that, a place where I've been able to really connect with these moms is that sometimes it's not, you know, I may be helping you with your health and your fitness, but it's not always about that. And that's where my second program really came in is that I need to help just the mom because at six weeks you're cleared to work out. Sure. But you're probably not really ready yet. And that was a big thing. And that was a big calling that I felt especially after having my son is that I pushed working out. I was like, you know what? I am a marathon runner. I'm going to start running five miles again. We're going to do this. And I pushed so hard to work on my body that I forgot about everything else. I forgot about me and what I needed. And I've seen so many moms do that, that I work with postpartum is that a huge portion of any of my coaching those first few weeks, we're really working on you and where your mind is and where you're really feeling things so that We know if you're ready. Are you ready to start running again? Are you really ready to do all these squats? Or do you need to spend some time taking some walks and stretching and really connecting with your your mind and your body again? Because if your mind's not connected to it, it's just not going to work for you yet. So this next question, um, I think perfectly captures the conundrum that a lot of our clients are, you know, going through. And I think it's very evident in your business. Uh, and what I mean by that is when you're a mom and you're not getting that support, right? Um, my, my philosophy is that that is a direct representation of the failure of the community, right? Um, you know, typically moms are supposed to be supported after they just had baby because, you know, you both just went through a traumatic event. And, you know, you're trying to get back into the swing of things. So, you know, how often do you deal with the client who may just be upset at the fact that they even need to have a mom coach because their community didn't show up? Yeah, it actually happens a lot more than I think people would ever even consider happening. And what I always attribute it to is that we don't all just live close to our families anymore, right? right? You don't stay close forever. Physically, geographically, emotionally, you're not as connected as we once were as a family and as a community. And I think especially in the last you know, two years or so, moms have really lost that community because you have a brand new baby right now and you got to stay home, right? You're not, there are so few resources for moms to get out and about. I know that when I had my son, I had access to a group through my hospital and I was able to meet with moms who'd all had babies within six months of each other. That's not something we see right now. And that's not something moms have access to. And so they get so frustrated that they need to ask for help and they can't just do it on their own, but we've never been meant, we've never we're intended to do this on our own. You're not meant to do it alone. And that's what I always remind these moms of is that you think that you need to do this alone, but you don't. The fact that you're asking for help makes you such a better mom than you realize because the term that takes a village came from somewhere. And that's what we need to focus on is your village just looks different. Right. You're reaching out for help from a coach or you're like, everyone finds me on Instagram. So if that's where you're finding me, that's because that's where your village is right now. And that's what you need to focus on is there are people that are there to support you and care for you and give you the help and support you really do need. That's awesome. And and I do like the fact that you brought up Instagram. I think one thing we mentioned about the podcast before you hopped on is that this is a custom podcast. We do a whole lot of shits, fucks and whatnot. (laughs) But uh, I bring that up to say, you know, there's communities that 
Instagram and Facebook and those type, sort of places really work well for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, they may work well for a certain type of mom, right? Yes. Um, but then you have other types of moms, right? Like, what about when the mom wants to, the, the mom that shows up and she's like, look, it's Friday, fuck them kids, right? That, <laughs> that mom needs, I think, needs her own space. Um, <clears throat> as well as, you know, there's some other things that may be of concern to your community, maybe uh, censorship. Not mm-hmm. sure how um, how breastfeeding is being looked at within the social media space right now. All of those things. Um, do you think that there's a need for, you know, a digital community space where moms can be themselves? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is really, I feel like social media in general can be super polarizing. Like you mentioned, it's either like you're either team breastfeeding or you're super not. And the mom that's caught in between can easily get lost in the shuffle, right? When you don't fall on one side or the other, it's easy for you to get lost in that shuffle and feel like you maybe don't have a space. And I think that that's, I do think that that's maybe where social media is lacking for a lot of moms is that they, they're not feeling that connection because they don't fit in one way or the other. Um, I know for me personally, I'm not going to choose a side for you. I, that's what I hope to do for every mom is support you. You know what? It's cool. I breastfed both of my babies and that is where we're at, but some of my closest friends haven't, and that's the choice that they make and that works for them. And that's why a mom needs that support and community is to know that she is truly making that best choice. And it's not about what it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. You've got to find what works for you. And that's hard to find in social media and that. Right. I always hope that I make every mom feel like I'm not judging her because I'm not, you just, it's hard. And on a Friday night, I generally do not want to spend time with my kids and they have a 645 bedtime and I have a glass of wine because I'm done with them by Friday night. <laughs> a 645 bedtime. Listen, I thought we were the only ones over here doing that. Like my son sometimes goes to bed and he's like, the, but the sun is out. And it's like, but you shouldn't be. You just shut that curtain, right? Right. It's over for you though, bud. <laughs> um, yep, we did that 545 on Sunday night. We put our three and a half year old in bed because he just couldn't hang anymore. He was done. <laughs> but I, I think that's also a really big thing, right? Like if you are a mom or you are a dad, pay attention to those routines. Like, yeah, you're, you're the one in charge. Bedtime is when you say it is. Yeah, it's not always about that rigid schedule. And I think a lot of, especially a lot of new moms can really get caught up in that is that, okay, they're supposed to wake up at 630 and then they have a 90 minute wake Mm. window and then they have to go back to bed. It's not always, it's not that it's a routine. It's the flow and you need to know what your kids need, what your babies need, and really take that time to recognize that with them. Because if you're not watching for that routine, then you're going to miss that chance. And then it's really not going to be pretty. All right. So what are your top three tips that you would tell new parents right now, specifically moms? Yeah. My first one is to ask for help. Don't ever think that you're supposed to do it alone. Number one is always ask for help. You're going to get uncomfortable. You're probably going to ask for things that you don't think you should need help with, but you've got to do it because if you don't do it, you will crack under the pressure. You will not be able to do it. It's harsh, but it's the truth. Uh, Number two is that kind of what we were saying, you focus on routine. It's not a perfect schedule. It's not a perfect science. You've got to focus on a routine and a flow. And what works for you is probably not going to work for Susie down the street. It's about you and your family and it's got to work for you. And if it doesn't, then it's not right. You've got to change it, which is always number three. And that's just be flexible. Stuff's going to happen. It's not going to be pretty. You are going to try things and it's not going to work. It's that you keep trying and you keep changing and you keep really maintaining that flexibility and knowing how to, how to really just keep trying because kids, kids are not perfect. We are not perfect. One of us will screw something up. (laughs) Right. Okay. I I love that. Right. Especially be flexible. Um, Now military background and, you know, our saying in the Marine Corps is adapt and overcome. Right. So adaptability at every level and you know what we joke about it but if women who are parents moms need to be just as flexible as service members then you just might actually be in the toughest job in the world (laughs) right um 
quite the next question was in my mind, right? I think I just talked it right out. <laughs> uh, actually, no, here we go. The how how many moms do you work with where you know maybe they feel bad about their ambitions, right? Maybe they were, you know, super mom before the baby and they want to go back to being super mom. And, you know, or maybe their ambitions really aren't within the household. They, they're, you know, business women and they, they want to be respected for their intellect and the, the ideas that they have in their creativity. What advice do you have for those women? Oh, that is a good one, because I would say pretty much every single mom I work with feels that in one way or the other, whether it's she thinks that she can do it all and she can't. And it's a it's a harsh awakening or she feels like she feels that guilt. Right. Like I I should want to spend time with my kids and I do want to have a career in which one do I balance sort of a thing. Every single mom I work with has has that struggle, whether it's in the home or out of the home. And I think that really the biggest thing you do is you prioritize. And that's, that is honestly step one that I take like day one, I work with a brand new client. We work out, okay, on Monday, what's the most important thing you're going to do? And we go through that and number three and four on the list might not get done, but then those become your priorities on Tuesday. And it's all about creating a priority for every single day. I always joke, my husband, his priority day is never Tuesday. I work late on Tuesday nights. I'm in my Facebook group live. There is no one-on-one time on Tuesdays. He's focused on the kids. He's doing dinner and dishes. And I'm pretty much at my computer until 10 o'clock at night. So that's not, that's, it sounds bad, but do you have a priority on Tuesday? (laughs) You know what I think it is too. And this is, you know, as a dad of four, Right. And I I want to tell more moms this and hopefully more moms will listen to this. Right. Um, Take some time away from the kids because their attachment to you is actually just as tiresome to the rest of us. Right. To all of the people around you, including the child. The child doesn't want to always have to come up to you to go to sleep. That's why they're crying. They're like, God damn it. I wanted to go to sleep. (laughs) But you only trained me to go to sleep while you're cuddling me. So now I need you to cuddle me. Right? Yep. And you're sitting there frustrated. And you're like, no one helps with the kids. And it's like, because that kid memorized your scent. I mm-hmm. smell like man musk and you smell like roses. <laughs> right. uh, so what do you want to do about that? Right. Yep. Um, so the fact that you take that full day off. Right. I think is amazing. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to let my uh, partner listen to this podcast right away, though. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, plan that out. Yeah, that's we actually. My husband and I established that, and again, that's one of like that's like step two or three that I would go through with another mom is that like night wakings. I do not touch the babies after they go to bed at night. I don't, never, ever. My husband does every single night waking unless they need to eat because we, we choose not to use bottles. So that's still on me for the baby at least, but our three and a half year old, he wakes up, he never sees mom. He only sees dad at night, but I do bedtime most nights. I do the wake up in the morning. So we've just split that. We kind of shift it, but he does know that dad can do it. He knows that he can trust his dad to put him to bed because we've ha- we've done it before. I don't right. stay home every single night. I do leave sometimes and he's capable of that. So he goes to bed with dad. He knows that dad is a safe place too, because you have to create that balance or, or you're stuck. And that's exactly where a mom can drown is she thinks she's not getting the help she needs because she doesn't let herself accept that help. She doesn't give herself the chance to have it. And, and a lot of it is really just the feelings attached to it, right? It's the the things that people say that are slightly hurtful that maybe you should learn to shut the fuck up about, right? Um, you know, you don't need to tell anyone how to parent their kid, but if you are going to help, let it be actually, you know, hey, you you look like you need a minute, take a take an hour to t- go rest, right? That and take the baby and that sort of thing. I think actually helps. But if you're sitting over there hovering over a mom like you're doing that wrong. I think you deserve a swift kick in the ass. Absolutely. Gosh, I remember when I first brought my son home, there is, I'm not going to name this family member just in case they ever listen, but there was a family member when I was trying, I was trying to nurse my three day old baby and they were just watching. It's like, 
I don't know what I'm doing. I can't have you watching me right now. You've got to give space to a mom, especially a first time new mom. And you've got to let them make those mistakes. Hover appropriately. Give that help. Ask for help. And you know what? If a mom doesn't accept your help the first time, you should probably ask like three to five more times because she's just afraid to accept that help because she thinks she needs to do it all. Right. And and that's something that we've pressed a lot in society, right? Like mom stays home with the kids, right? Like, and we we just kind of got to, we, we got to grow up, right? Just because the that's the way it was done doesn't then mean that's the way it should be. Um, and obviously that doesn't always work, right? If that works for you and your situation, it's great, but don't press that on anyone else. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. My, my brother and sister-in-law don't have kids yet, but they are both very career oriented and they both are super successful in their careers. And I know for a fact, when they have kids, they're going to need help with their kids because they want to stay career focused, both of them. And I think that's great. And that's what you've got to do is just accept that. Not everyone's going to do it the same. Not every family is going to look the same. And the way you offer help is going to be a little bit different for each of those people. Okay. So then free coaching uh, in the family or do you do the same thing? A little bit. A little bit, right? And I, she, that sister-in-law is also the nurse. So I think we kind of give each other a one for one there. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I like what you said earlier too, that the, uh, the coach that helped you first was a coach that was in the family and even just being able, you know, being willing to pay family members. I think that's a big deal, right? Yes. Um, if, if you want a service or something and your family member has that, I don't think you should be going asking for a discount. I think that's kind of played out, right? And it's directly telling me that you don't believe in what I do, right? Or yourself, right? If you're not willing to pay that money to invest in yourself, then you you don't think it's going to work for you either. Right. And I think a lot of clients, and you may get this a lot, the client that goes, well, I don't have it, right? Um, my, my opinion on that is uh, negotiate. I, I tell mm-hmm. everyone negotiate and negotiate doesn't have to mean asking for a lower price. It means that you're getting creative on how you can do the thing. Um, has How has your experience with clients that just right off the bat, they need the help, they know they need the help, but you know they're, they're thinking about the fact that they don't have it. Yeah, I've actually, that happened a lot more to me when I was, only focused on like fitness coaching. And I got, I got lucky with this one because I, there's two components, right? I had the fitness part. I was building their workouts. Every workout was custom. I changed it. It was a 12 week program and they got new workouts every four weeks. So that was, that was a lot, right? You're building three to six workouts a week or for four weeks at a time. That's, that's a heavy load on a coach. And on top of that, they were getting custom calorie and macro counts too plus recipes sent to them, plus 24-7 access to me. I won't lie, that has not changed. That access is still there. The price has changed. (laughs) But (laughs) with that, when someone comes to me and they're like, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in the last couple of years, who've really taken to home workouts. And you can can find any workout online at this point if you want to find it, right? right? They're lacking that that motivation, that accountability, and they don't know how to eat, for example. So that's where I would split it is all right. You're telling me it's too much, but you want to follow, I don't know, a fitness app to get your workouts in. Cool. Plan your own workouts. And here I am as your accountability. And I'm telling you how many calories to eat sort of a thing. So I'd split it up and change the program in like three bite-sized chunks. Really? Do you want it all? Do you want just workouts or do you want just the accountability and the nutrition portion of it? And so that kind of creates multiple levels to the program where you need this help. And I know you need this help. So here's your choice. Boom. I like that. Right. Like, so you, you if you have a program and th- this is, I think, a big one for coaches out there. If you have a program and your client doesn't need the entire thing, you know, think about the a la carte aspect. Right. And if you're doing it as group coaching, I don't think it has to be something where like, you know, oh, well. You, you have to go along with the group and we're in here on this day, invite them to the specific day. Like it, it's not all that complicated. You guys own these businesses, right? Like do what you want to do. And, yeah. and 
be creative. You're the owner. You do what feels right for you and your business. Right. You get, you're the CEO. You make all the choices. So how many times has your coach had to tell you that? They're like, you're, you're the boss. Oh, like 10 times a day. <laughs> a day, right? And even with me, sometimes I go, man, should I do this? And I'll go to my partner and she's like, you, it's your business. You, what are you doing? Right. Yep, I just told them, I just was telling my coach about how we have a vacation coming up in February. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bring this, this and this. And I, I have Wi-Fi access. It's cool. I'll do this. She's like, why? It's your business. It just, you're done for the week. Tell your clients you're off for the week. You'll get back to them later or put another coach in there for the week, which is what I often do is I'm lucky. She does. She is not a mom coach, but she is a fitness coach too, or was before business. And right. so I've let her slide into my program and be like, here, just message these girls while I'm gone this week, sort of a thing, which is great. And that's a wonderful resource to have, which I it, think is, that's the family discount right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's one of the ones that people don't pay attention to as well is you need, you need other people and you should be coming up with the system so that your people can come in and teach the system. Yep. And that again, allows you to get separation from your baby as the owner of the business. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's what we need to do with uh, men. That's, that's how men need uh, mom coaching as well for yep. their business because it's the same thing. I don't, I don't think it's healthy for any business owner to navel gaze at their business all the time or not take any time off. I love the fact that your coach tells you take, take a week off, right. And put somebody else in there and take that time. When you come back, man, imagine how much more innovative you're going to be. The, the excitement that your clients have, that you're back now, all of that. And it gives them a chance to fly on their own too, right? Because, I mean, they're probably not going to pay you forever. They are going to leave at some point. And it's good to know that they're capable without you. They should, right? (laughs) Well, they should. And and listen, the only people that I would want to pay me forever is if I'm your business coach and you went ahead and you doubled that income. Let's keep this relationship going. (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep doubling every time. Yeah, I want to help you double again. (laughs) um okay so let's get more into you right I ask every guest it's the wildest story you can tell me right so wildest story you can think of that you've been through wildest story right related to coaching or not (laughs) uh just just life in general this should be a story like in polite company, you may not want to tell this story. This, uh, I probably, we won't let my mom listen to this. This would worry her. Okay. So when, right, this is actually, this is how I knew I was ready to grow up and have kids, really. Let's be honest. I had been to London and Barcelona with my girlfriend. Nice. And it was, it was, it was the trip and it was a ton of fun. And we were, you know, we're two 20 something girls hanging out in Europe, having a great time, drinking way too much everything. (laughs) And we are in a bar and this guy starts talking to us. Right. And it was, it was polite conversation. We thought it was normal. Well, he offered for us to move in with him eventually. We're like, we're not those kind of girls. I was married at the point. I was like, I'm not, we're not into this. And he keeps, he keeps pushing it to the point where we actually, the bartender pretended that we were already living with him. Because <laughs> the bartender's like, this guy's a little wild. Sure enough, they tell us all about how this guy's a regular and he's like hanging out every night and he's never <clears throat> talked to anyone. It was just something about my girlfriend and I. But it was, I mean, I remember it was pouring rain that night and we ended up just running home, giggling and laughing about it. But like, <laughs> then you go out the next day and you're like, do I know this person? Did I actually meet this person? Do I remember doing this? It was, it was one of those where it's like, all right, I'm done with this scene. <laughs> I gotta grow up. Yeah. Bit. Like, I, I, man, I would have told that story completely different. I would have uh, started out so... <laughs> 
this time I almost got sex trafficked. (laughs) Well, that's when we came back. I think in the moment we were just like, this is silly. This is really funny. It's just because we're two dorky American girls. It's fine. Okay. um, (laughs) All right. So I always trade a story for a story. (laughs) Right. I don't have any uh, like that. Uh, There's no beautiful European women picking me up at bars <laughs> to go live with it them. It was a tough life. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but um, we'll say this. So Philippines, I'm in the military and we get over there. And before we get over there, we have our briefs, right? And they've lined us up, right? And I am now afraid to get to the Philippines before I get to the Philippines because of this brief. So there's three reasons that I'm afraid to go to the Philippines. Number one, during our brief, they go through like, basically we have the birds and the bees talk, but imagine this in a room full of Marines. So guys don't have sex with strange women in the Philippines, right? And we're like, whatever. And then they come up with the pictures and they're like, this is black syphilis. It was like black syphilis. I, I didn't know that there was a white syphilis or a brown one. I didn't know they oh came in gosh. colors. Right. So black syphilis is number one. Why I was afraid to go to the Philippines. <laughs> then there was number two. Uh, everybody amongst us, there was some people who had already been and they're like, look, man, don't drink the water straight up. Make sure you drink only the water from there or you buy bottled water. I'm like, you can't drink the water, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, or anything made with the water unless it's boiled. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, get the fuck out of here, right? Like, I'm right. like, you're you're just talking shit. Uh, my, you know, my parents are from Barbados, so now I'm like, you're just talking down on them because it's not America. Fuck you, bro. Like, that's how I'm feeling right now. Right. Right. Like, all right, whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, for real, the water. So I'm a little scared, right? So that's number two. I was afraid to go to the Philippines. Number three, and this one was the center. They gave us all a 30-day supply of doxycycline. So doxycycline, as you hear the cylind at the end, is exactly what you think it is, right? And it was supposed to protect uh, from malaria and different, uh, diseases. But, uh, what was also told to us was if you do have anything that you caught in the Philippines that was treatable, doxycycline, make sure you take your doxycycline every day. Right. So nobody got tested for anything. We don't know if you got anything, but here's some medication. (laughs) I get to the Philippines taking my doxycycline dudes are like, taking two and three uh, pills of doxycycline. Some people aren't taking it at all and telling you like they had crazy dreams. So that's the doxycycline, right? They didn't have any running with black syphilis, right? <laughs> no running with that. There, right there. <laughs> but number two, the one where I was just like, fuck you. I went out to a pizza joint in Padawan, right? So we're at the pizza joint don't think anything of it. Give me a cup of water, drink my water, right? Because I'm not going to fucking eat pizza without something to drink. I got to drink something. And everything's good. And the next day I wake up, got to go to the bathroom, you know, take my wipes. Anybody who knows me particularly, this is actually going to get really intimate. Uh, You don't know me that well, Kelsey, but this is (laughs) going to take our relationship to the next level. tell your husband I said hi he now has a brother husband and the fact that you know um I never dry wipe (laughs) I only use baby wipes on my bum right so I take my baby wipes I go to the portage on because you know we're set up in a little camp and I go to the bathroom wipe I come out and go talk go Brush my teeth. I got to go back to the bathroom. Right. And then I'm realizing my stomach don't feel good. And I throw up. And then I'm curled in a ball 
feeling like it's about to come out of both ends. And I go to medical and they're like, you drank the water, huh? (laughs) So I had a stomach virus for 24 hours. And that was like the worst experience in a foreign country ever. Because you want to enjoy yourself. You want to go out. You want to go do things. But imagine sitting on a porter john with a plastic bag in front of you because yeah. yeah so that that is a that is my uh, comparison to your story you could have been yeah. laid up in a mansion somewhere <laughs> right i was sitting on a porter john <laughs> expelling liquids from both ends <laughs> oh no I have hung out with my son while he did that. That's it's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. Like if, if you want any any uh if you ever want to humble someone, find a way to make them do that, right? Like nothing makes you know, <laughs> like lets you know where you're at in the hierarchy of the universe besides being so helpless. Yep. <laughs> Right. And you don't want to eat anything or drink anything. But then here comes the nurses. No, you need to drink water. You need to how? You need to be hydrated. I'm like, how? <laughs> it's like, are you going to put in an IV or something? How? Where's this going? <laughs> um, okay. So as we wrap it up, any closing tips for our listeners? What, what would you like to leave our listeners with? I think that the biggest thing, especially for moms, is that you have to trust your gut. And it is easier said than done. It really is, especially in this world we live in, right? Like you can Google anything. Everyone's a doctor between Google and WebMD. So you feel like you've got it covered. Right. But you really do need to trust your gut because at the end of the day, I know that it feels hard and it feels really overwhelming, but you genuinely and you truly do know best for your kids and you know best for yourself. And when you're willing to trust your gut, it's going to feel quite amazing. And you're going to be so amazingly shocked with what you're truly capable of for yourself and for your kids when you can make that step. I, I love that. <laughs> and for those of you listening, go be great. 